Thank you. I uh, do want to uh, welcome everyone here today as this Super Sunday. Uh, my name is Drew Smith. get the honor of being the, the pastor um, here. And I imagine, um, I'm just guessing, not only did Super Bowl Sunday affect the clothing, some of us uh, maybe subtly, some of us maybe more boldly so, uh, but uh, uh, also it might even affect attendance uh, today because I, I figure, you know, with the Bengals playing, there'll be some people that'll be like, hey, it won't hurt, you know. God usually loves an underdog, so let's uh, show up. Uh, maybe some of you are here because you're fulfilling an obligation, whether it's to God or Grandma. But you told them, if the Bengals make the Super Bowl, I'm going to church. So welcome. Whatever reason you're here uh, or watching online, we're we're glad that you're here. And uh I was wondering about the, the Super Bowl some, and, and just this, this week was wondering, you know, I wonder how many players that, that make the NFL um, get a, a Super Bowl ring. How, how many? I wonder what the percentage is. And I looked hard and I could, I could not, I, I, I got to believe it's less than 10%. Of the players end up with a ring. Now, some of them you know, get five, six uh, rings, but I, I'm willing to bet over 90% don't get a ring. I, I know four teams of the, of the 32 NFL teams have not even played in the Super Bowl, and 12 of the teams um, have never won. 12 of the 32 have never won a, a Super Bowl. Now, we hope that number reduces by one. Uh, by by tonight, so who day? I'm with you on that. But yeah, I, and and uh, you know, the fact that you play, but you don't get that. How does that impact your your sense of your career? I don't know if you've read some of the articles this week from some of the former players and former Bengals. There's a couple that you can tell in their words they're haunted by the fact that they didn't win the the, the Super Bowl, and, and so I, I wonder how. That might impact their sense of meaning, their sense of fulfillment um, for their career. I, I did also get a chance to, to listen to a podcast from a former player uh, who was on the San Francisco 49ers, no booze, um, and actually was on, played for them in the late 80s, early 90s, and two Super Bowl um, uh, rings that he has on his fingers. Um, but he, he was sharing the story. His name is Bruce Colley. He was sharing the story that after his uh, the second victory that summer. You know, he was wondering, okay, do we just we just coming off the high of winning the Super Bowl, and then it's like the new next season starts, and it's like it never happened. You know, it's like oh, we got to start all over again and get everything. Go- I just don't know if I've got it in me to to play. And and he he, he shared that. Um, uh, now get this, moms, grandmas, aunts. Uh, here, this is good news. He, he said he called mom. And this this guy's a 300-pound offensive lineman. You know, he's making all the money in the world. He's getting whatever relationship, whatever pleasure he wants, wherever he wants to travel. He got it. He he's he, he's in his late 20s, early 30s. I mean, he's a grown man. He's he's living the high life, and he's still calling mom and saying, you know, I'm just not sure if I'm into this or not. And and his mom um, pointedly asked him, said, well, son. What are you going to do with your life? And he said, 
that just seared right to his soul. Yeah, what? What is it that I want to do? And that led him for the next... He played a couple more years. His mom would slip a Bible or a little book in his suitcase when he came home and said, hey, check this out on your flight. And, and he did. And eventually... Uh, he renewed his commitment to, to Christ and got married, had 13 kids. So I guess he figured out what his purpose of his life was. Uh, has a, a, a pizza parlor with his, with his family and others in Wimberley, Texas. And very involved in prison ministry in the, the state. And, and recognized what his life really was about. And what we just sang is really the purpose of our life. Lord, Write you, Jesus, write yourself on our hearts. Form yourself in our souls. Let, let us be an expression of, of you. And, and what I want to tell you today, in this series, New Year, New Me, today it's really New Year, New Work, that you, you have a purpose and a calling that God has given to you. He has a work that only you can do that is filled with eternal purpose and meaning. No matter if you're winning the Super Bowl, losing the Super Bowl, never playing it, don't even know how to spell it, God has a purpose for you. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, thank you uh, again for your word that speaks to us of your truth. And uh, may we, we pray that your spirit would continue to help us in this time as we hear your word, um, that, uh, that, that we would know you, the value that you give to life, uh, what is important and significant and purposeful and meaningful, uh, Lord, from you. Not from our own thoughts, not from the ways of the world, but from you, because we know you are the eternal one. Uh, so speak to us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, Matthew five thirteen through 16 is our, our passage that we'll look at. Um, this is the, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the long section, about three chapters in the book of Matthew that give us some of Jesus, a collection of some of Jesus' deepest um, teachings. Um, and this is a, a, a familiar one that we, that we hear uh, regularly about us, Jesus telling the disciples then and telling us that we are salt and light. Hear the word of the Lord. You are the salt of the earth. But as salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the first thing that you need to know is that Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus and Jesus has called you, placed faith in you, then you are to have influence upon the world. You. You have influence upon the world. Jesus doesn't say here, you're going to be, or you might be, or you should be. He says, you are. If, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the Spirit is in you, then that Jesus in you, the power of the Spirit in you, is going to make you have influence on those around. Just like salt and light. 
You know, so, so salt here, he tells us the element of salt uh, that is important. It's taste. So what good is salt if it loses its taste? You see, salt is meant to enhance the flavor of whatever it touches. A key thing, though, is that salt doesn't do any good in the salt shaker. The salt has to be touching stuff. And the, he says the same thing about light. You're the light of the world, you know. So you, the light, and the light is meant to shine. You're not to be protective. You're to hold yourself in, just to 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 cower. You're to be out there. You you you've got to be shining. You're to have influence, just like salt does, just like light does. Don't put the light under a box. Don't put but put it on a hill. It's going to shine so that people will see. What you do and give glory to God. I mean, it's no clearer. I mean, this is about us doing the the good works that God calls us to do. Now, we don't do good works because so that we get to heaven. We 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 do we don't get to uh, we don't do good works in order to earn God's favor. We do good works because we're already secure in Him. We we do good works because we've already earned His favor. What more do we need but for God to send God the Son to come among us and suffer and die for us, but to show us that He has, he, that He loves us with a sacrificial love. And, and so that's why Jesus can say, this is not who you're gonna be or who you should be, this is who you are. It's who God has made you to be. Salt and light. And you're to have influence wherever you are and wherever you go. He didn't say you're the salt of the church or you're the light of the family. Now, you need to be salt in the church. You need to be light in the family. But no, he said you're salt of the earth. Wherever you go. Wherever we are. You're the light of the world. Anywhere and everywhere, we get to have influence because of the power of God in us so that we might be impacting the world according to the character of Jesus. Now, at times, at times then, it's more like salt. At times, your influence may be subtle. You know, salt is not meant to overtake. Salt is meant just to be present, to subtle, and sometimes it's imperceptible. You don't even realize it's there, but how it's enhancing the flavors of the, the meats or, or the vegetable or whatever it is that you're eating. So salt, again, subtle, and it needs to get out of the shaker. I think we even have a little picture here in case you need to know what salt looks like. You remember, it has, it has to get out. Has to get out, has to be touching, but it's subtle. Now, at other times, at other times, your influence may be shining for all to see. You know, like, like a light bulb. You know, it's, it's present and it's, it's there and it, you're, you're gonna see it. So there's subtle and there's shining. So, so sometimes, staying with the theme of the day, Sometimes you're going to be like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. And most of you know those names. Some of you don't. But everybody probably knows the name Joe Burrow. Yep, sometimes you'll be like him. And that's a picture of all three of them there. 
Yeah, that's the light shining. Other times, it's going to be much more subtle. Like DJ Reader, Zach Kerr, or Todd Hunt. Now, some of you may know one or two of those names. You may not know Todd Hunt's the assistant strength coordinator. Now, that's a really important position. But it's subtle. It's, uh, it's not, not shining. But it's, you know, behind the scenes. And uh, Reader and Kerr are defensive linemen. Those big 450-pound behemoths, you know, that line up on the line. That a few of you may know, but... Most of us don't. Actually, one prognosticator said actually that Reader is the most important player on the field for this game. So there's there's subtle and then there's shining. Your purpose, whether it's like salt or whether it's like light, is to influence according to the character of Jesus. The, the, the light of Christ shines through you. The flavor of Jesus is, with your, is your flavor. Let, let the, the flavor of Jesus be the taste you leave in wherever you go. You're, you're meant to make a difference in the world according to God's plan, God's priorities, God's character. Uh, sometimes subtle, sometimes shiny. Ways, And that's wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter if you're getting paid for it or not. It doesn't matter if it's in the, the boardroom, the classroom, the, the, the stage, the, the ball field. It doesn't matter. You, we have the privilege of being the salt of the earth and the light of of the world. As Christ shines his light in us, may it be shining to those around us. So again, the song that was just sung is our prayer. And and the good news here is that what, what is done, what we then do, those good works that God's prepared for us to do, those good works that others see and give glory to God, those last forever. They're eternal because they're part of the very character of God as he works his ways through us. We've talked about this a number of times, I think, but it's an important realization, you know, that that we are in Christ. uh, We are present with God forever. We are his forever. But we still also go through judgment. Our lives go through a filter of God's judgment. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul says that judgment day is like fire. And that fire will take our lives and those things that are evil, those things that are not of God, those things that are not of the eternal purposes of of Jesus that we have participated in. They're like wood. They're like straw. They're destroyed at that judgment in the very presence of the holy, pure God. But that fire also takes the good things that he did through us, the ways that we were salt and light. And he takes those and that fire, like with precious metals, it purifies them. And they are part of the celebration of heaven with God forever, of God's people being salt and light. So what the purpose that we find, the meaning that we find, even in the most subtle ways of God's love, is eternal. 
all the, 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 the trophies and accolades of, of this world that are not of God will be destroyed. But even the, the, the shortest word, the, the, the small act of kindness will be purified through that judgment and last forever. That's what we get to be a part of. Jeremiah uh, 29, verse 3 and 4 is a favorite passage of mine that really captures this essence of the, of the character of God. And, and I think captures the essence of the, the excitement and even pride of the purpose of our lives as we are living according to the character of Jesus. Jeremiah the prophet is just telling God's people, and this, this is what God delights in. This is what you can have pride in. This is what you can boast in even. Jeremiah 9, 23 through, uh, 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boasts in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. See, what, what is done that delights the Lord is what is eternal. This is what means to be light and salt, to, to take pride in what we are doing in knowing God and in uh, emulating His love, His righteousness, and His justice. And that's what brings the Lord delight, we're told. And again, Jeremiah tells us even to, to boast into that, to take pride in that, to find purpose and meaning there. Now, it's interesting here that what Jeremiah uh, says is that what you're to boast in is that you understand and know God. You see, it's not that, that we then leave here and say, okay, I'm going to go be good. I'm going to go be just and righteous. I'm going to be loving. That, that's not how it works. How it works is that, that we hang out with the one who is loving. The one who is right. We hang out with the salt block. Jesus is the salt block. And if we want to get a little tasty, then we got to hang out on him. I got a salt block for Christmas. And salt blocks are these things you can cook on. You, know, you can heat them up uh, for like 30 minutes and then they keep their temperature uh, uh, for uh, for like an hour. And, and then you take the salt block and you put it on the dining room table. You got to have a nice little, uh, uh, you got to have something that is the heat resistant, you know, below it. And then you bring an egg out and you just cook it on the egg. You cook it on the salt block right there in the middle of the dining room table and it cooks and you flip it then you put it on it and it has a great little flavor of salt. Just a little bit. So you, you never heard of that. Yeah, it, it works. I'll bring it next Sunday. I'll bring my salt block if I remember and show it to you. But we got we got to hang out with the salt block. We got to hang out with the light. You know, we get, so, that the, so that the light causes us then to shine. That's why we have growth groups. We have growth groups. That's why I say to you regularly, if you're going to do one thing, do a growth group. Because I want you to hang out with Jesus with a few other people. It's a lot harder for you to fall asleep with six people. A lot, a lot harder for you to get out your phone and, and read what uh, what the predictions are for tonight with, with six or seven other people. 
And plus, that's the way Jesus did it. He just hung out with a few and sent them out. Yeah, so that's why we do growth groups. That's why you're in groups with people where you're getting around his words. You're hanging out with the salt block so that you get flavored by him with with a smaller group of people. And it's also, and the, the other thing too, is it's what's strategic about our children's and youth ministry. It's why we do that. Cause we, and that's why we encourage folks to participate in that ministry because we want our children to know this is what brings meaning and purpose in life. This is what we should be proud of, of knowing God and, and being taught by him in a way that is loving and just and righteous so that we then can be that salt and light in the world. Read a study this week, actually the last month or so, been reading a, about a gentleman named James Lyle. Uh, James uh, Lyle was born in Virginia in uh, 1750 as a slave. Moved uh, with the the slave owner to to Georgia. His his owner was Henry Sharp. Now, Now, Henry was a deacon in Baptist Church there in Georgia at Buckhead Creek Baptist Church. But, but Henry, um, and this gives you a great picture of being salt. See, because Henry had a lot of things wrong. Obviously, he had slaves. And yet he was a follower of Jesus. Deacon in the church. But he brought his slaves with him to church. Okay, there's a little salt there. That's good. Well, and then James Lyle, one of his uh, uh, slaves, he, he started going and, and he came to Christ. He, 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 shares, oh, he shares with us that uh, this is what... Uh, Lyle shared, wrote in his journal, said, I saw my condemnation in my own heart. I found no way wherein I could escape the damnation of hell, only through the merits of my dying Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, could I be sure. And he, he came to Christ. Well, then Sharp, uh, his owner, he, he released him. Uh, because Lyle stayed around and, and he was a, he was actually a gifted preacher. And he'd go back to the plantation and he would share the stories of Jesus and draw other people together, mostly slaves in, in Georgia. And he'd gather some other folks that, that would be leaders. And so as a freed man living in that area then, he was working some, but then also preaching. And he planted two different churches with his group in Savannah in a church that still exists today. And then Lyle, he, uh, he, well, well, his, his owner, um, uh, who had freed him, he was killed in the war, in the Revolutionary War. He was actually a loyalist. He was fought for the British. And he, uh, di- he died. And, and then, so his family, Sharp's family, tried to arrest Lyle. Actually, they did get him arrested. They threw him in jail and said, hey, he's an escaped slave. He belongs to us. Well, uh, by God's grace, Lyle and some of the buddies that were other preachers in the area, they had kept his manumission papers that, that freed him. So he was able to show his papers, say, no, I, I'm freed. And so once he was freed, he moved out of town. Smart move. And, and then befriended a, a British admiral. And, and the admiral, another act of, of salt here, a believer... Got Lyle, his wife Hannah, and their four children and said, let's get out of town. 
Let's go to, why don't you get, become a servant of mine. I'll take you. You'll work for off the cost of this and we'll go to Jamaica. And he dropped him. He stayed in Jamaica, worked off, worked back his freedom again. At the same time was, was preaching. He then started again the, the church, First Baptist Church. It was actually First African Baptist Church in Jamaica, in Kingston. Again, formed other churches. Within 12 years, regained his freedom. Now was a farmer in the area and a preacher. Had, had started three other churches in the area. Uh, at one point, had 8,000 members of the different churches. Now, the the... Jama- the white Jamaican Baptist then imprisoned him. They, they, because when people get freed in Jesus, they expect that freedom to be more than just spiritual. And it started causing trouble. And so then the, the, the Jamaican Baptist Association imprisoned him, said you can no longer preach to the slaves. So isn't it crazy what, what happened in a crazy world, right? I mean, white superiority, black inferiority, slavery, race-based chattel slavery. And even that has more important in the Jamaican Baptist Association than the gospel. And yet Lyle is still salt and light. Imprisoned twice, enslaved twice, freed twice. And yet he's still being salt and light. Now, I know your lives are hard. I know you've got really challenges. You're saying, you know, you know Drew, you don't know what, what it takes for me to be a pastor, what it takes for me to be salt and light in my situation. You're right, I don't. As a matter of fact, I got a clue. I got no clue what James Lyle went through in his family. But if he can be salt and light in the power of the Spirit, if the gospel can still taste the world around him, it can still shine through those around him in, in his situation, then by golly, I don't know anybody that's got a situation like he does. And we can still, we are salt and light. You know, what's great is that we have something called America, African American History Month. Because Lyle was actually the first, well he was the first black person in America to be ordained in his little Baptist church. He was the first cross-cultural global missionary from this continent. He was 10 years before, for those of you that are mission uh, uh, folks, you, you, you may have heard of William Carey or uh, Adoniram uh, Judson. Well, he was 10 years before Carey went to India, and he was 30 years before Judson went to Burma. But we never would have known it unless there had been African-American history and pursuing, reading through the old documents. Because... Lyle was opposed even by the Baptists then, let alone his history being known uh, for the last 250 years. Now, now today, in the last 20 years, it's been revealed. Now, he is who, who now we understand as the father of American global missions. And there are all kinds of people, his owner, admiral, other friends, who were also salt and light that were a part of God's work of taking this good news to bring good news to the poor, freedom to the captives. That's what we are a part of. 
Even in the the little bit of salt that we get to be a part, the little bit of light that we get to shine, in in all wherever we are, wherever we go. Who who knows the other people like George Lyle that we'll never know about? That they, they just weren't even written about, but they had made a difference. Who knows? God does. One day we'll celebrate them for all eternity. Just like we'll celebrate you and me and the work that the Spirit does in us to bring salt and light to the earth. Brothers and sisters in Christ, know this. Your life has eternal purpose. You are salt. You are light. Praise be to God. Thank you to Jesus that we don't have to worry about our eternal purpose. Let's pray.